progressive, respectful, mentoring, compassionate. These are the values of Palmdale Regional Medical Center. And now we proudly present Palmdale Regional Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Have you tried to lose large amounts of weight only to get frustrated? Are you considering bariatric surgery? My guest today is Dr. John Yadigar. He's a bariatric surgeon and the director of metabolic and bariatric surgery at Palmdale Regional Health. Welcome to the show, doctor. So tell us a little bit about bariatric surgery. Who are good candidates for this type of surgery? Yes. Hi, Melanie. Thank you for the opportunity. So as you know, this uh, issue with obesity uh, has uh, uh, gripped our nation in a big way in a sense that a lot of patients suffer with this disease. And uh, we know through years of studies that the most successful approach to intervention is a surgical approach now, but as a part of a multidisciplinary approach that should include patients uh, improving their lifestyle, eating healthy, exercising, and being fully informed about what surgery entails. And the surgical approach for obesity has been around for more than 20 years, but we have perfected the art now. Uh, It has been uh, done as a minimal invasive approach, which means these operations are now performed through small incisions, uh, which allow these patients to have uh, faster recovery and less pain and faster return to work. And there are three main operations that uh, are carried out in the United States. There are some rarer operations, but the main three, uh, one of them is uh, laparoscopic gastric bypass surgery, which uh, is referred to as RU-NY. The second is laparoscopic sleeve gastrectomy. And the third is a laparoscopic gastric banding, which is to many people known as the lap band. So if people are hearing you say laparoscopic, tell them what that means and just how invasive these surgeries are. So laparoscopic surgery just refers to the way that we access the abdominal cavity. Uh, Through small incisions, a camera is inserted, which is a magnifying telescope, essentially, that allows us to visualize the organs internally. And then using these very fine instruments, we access these Uh, areas of the abdomen, such as the stomach and the intestines, and we complete the surgery through these small incisions. So when the patient actually wakes up, three or four Band-Aids on their abdomen, and they are up and walking within three hours of surgery and are able to drink the next morning and are out of the hospital within 48 hours. So it's a remarkable transition from the old ways where we used to have very big, large incisions, long hospital stays, and potential complications. But now these patients really, uh, after surgery, are out and about and get back to their baseline pretty quickly. So tell us what happens. We'll get to the surgeries, but tell us what happens before. If someone comes to see you, they are morbidly obese, they've tried everything, and they're considering bariatric surgery, what happens before you decide that this is what they're going to have? So usually the patients may have had some encounter either with family members or through the media or through their primary care physicians, and they have done a fair amount of research. So they often come very well informed. But the opportunity at that first visit with the bariatric surgeon and, for instance, with our program, is that we really uh, take a whole hour to sit with the patients and, number one, make sure that they're fully aware of what the intricacies of these operations are with regards to 
longitudinally. How does it impact them? Are they aware of the lifestyle changes they have to uh, adapt? And uh, it's important for them to understand that these operations help with their weight, but it's only a tool. They really have to approach it as a global holistic approach. They have to start eating healthier. They have to start being committed with an exercise routine to start actually losing weight before surgery so they can validate that once they do have the surgery, they will for sure do well with that. But even in that scenario, there is a 20% of patients that may through time regain some of that weight. So it's very important from the front end that they're well-informed, they recognize the changes they have to make, and that will include certain things such as making foods at home that are healthy as opposed to eating out or having fast foods, uh, exercising where they get an opportunity either every day at work to between their lunchtime and the next part of the day to go out and walk or in the evenings or actually have a routine where in the weekends they go to the gym and do some cardio exercises. And then as a result of this, usually when one member of the family starts to eat healthy, the others also jump on. And so it's an impact, which is a domino effect. And one member of the family starts to do that, others come along. And that's really a wonderful thing to see. So there's a lot of emphasis on education. And once we see that and the patients themselves get motivated, then they're ready to proceed. And then we'll go ahead and transition them through to the operation. And of course, support. Support is crucial from family, from friends, and from the program. So we have a very extensive program where we spend sometimes two to three months before surgery, uh, educating these patients, bringing them back to classes, having them meet with a nutritionist. Often they have to have a psychological evaluation to make sure that they really recognize the intricacies emotionally in terms of body image and their eating patterns changes. Uh, And then once they have fully committed themselves, then of course they go through surgery and afterwards they have support groups. So we are very hands-on and it's important for the patients to recognize that it's not just surgery and then they're on their way. It's an ongoing process, it's an ongoing commitment to lifestyle changes, exercise, supplementation, making sure they take vitamins, and they stay committed for the rest of their life and they follow up because to avoid that and not be followed up down the road can actually uh, compromise their success. So it's very important for them to recognize that, and we are always available if they need us. Well, I think one thing people don't realize is this is not just for weight loss. It's a tool to help and aid in that, which is why it's so important that you mentioned follow-up and education and changing their lifestyle. How do you decide with them which of those three we've mentioned that they're going to have? So the... uh There are certain statistical parameters that through the literature and studies that have gone on over 20 years, we kind of know perhaps which operation would be best suited. Now, there are no absolutes, so it is important. We always spend time and educate the patients about the three options predominantly, uh, as I alluded to earlier, and then explain to them what each one can potentially do for the patient. Now, with the patients that are what we call super morbid obese, typically is defined as a body mass index of greater than 50. So this would be a patient, let's say, typical 350-pound uh, patient at a height of 5'8", and let's say they've had uh, some trouble with diabetes or high blood pressure, and metabolically they are showing signs of what we call a metabolic syndrome. 
So in this patient population, bypass may prove to be a better choice because of the changes in terms of endocrine and the biological changes that happen soon after the gastric bypass. And the diabetes, typically type 2 diabetes in these patients, improves within days. So for that class of patients that are super morbid obese and have diabetes, the bypass may be a better match. So it's really what is a better match for an individual patient. So these operations are not one for all. It's really very selective for individualized patients. Whereas if you look at someone who has a lower body mass index, so let's say you have someone who is, uh, again, 5'8", uh, but has a weight of 260 uh, and no uh, comorbidities, and let's say their body mass index of 40 uh, or higher, they may do very well with a sleeve gastrectomy. And in that scenario, they will understand that it will give them very good weight loss, very good resolution, uh, but it's not uh, perhaps an approach that is as malabsorptive. So nutritionally, uh, although they have to continue to take supplementation, but they have a little bit more resilience in that respect. So it's very uh, important for the patients to recognize the subtleties of the differences between these operations, and we spend a lot of time with them. And often by them reading around the literature, and then we also encourage them to meet patients who come to our support groups before they commit to the choice. That way they understand really what these operations are all about, and then they make a decision. And often they come to make the right decision for them. They usually gravitate to what's the best match for them. Are any of these reversible? Technically, they all, well, let's... uh, kind of, uh, I guess, uh, presented as such, that the bypass, the approach should be for any patient to recognize that this is one chance and one opportunity and one surgery and not to have to want to go back and have another one. Uh, But having said that, of course, if there are any potential complications, one has to go in and attend to it. But if a patient has a bypass and for some reason years down the line, feels that I no longer want to have this operation in me and I want to have it reversed. It is reversible. It's complex. Uh, Anytime you have multiple surgeries, your potential risks go up, but it is technically feasible. Um, The sleeve gastrectomy is an operation where the stomach is downsized, so 75 to 80% of the stomach is removed. Now, in that scenario, there is no reversibility because the original stomach, most of it has been removed. So I often tell patients it's like having your wisdom teeth removed. You still have a fully functional operational mouth. You can still chew, but you just have less teeth. But your wisdom teeth now are removed. You can't get them back. So uh, with that operation, really, there's nothing to talk about with reversibility. The uh, laparoscopic band is an operation where we, of course, uh, place this ring, which is a uh, silastic or silicone ring on the junction of the food pipe and the stomach, and that has a chamber that is connected to the ring, and that chamber sits underneath the abdominal wall, often on the left side, but could be anywhere on the right or in the middle. And then by injecting that port uh, or that reservoir, the ring can tighten. So through that, the patients often start to feel satiety with small portions. Uh, And that band can be removed if they have problems or they do not want to keep it. Uh, Again, second operations are always more complex. 
Uh, and so it's important before the patients commit to a choice that they really understand uh, what each of them are about so that way, hopefully, they're not going to, uh, six months or a year later, want to have a second operation. Uh, but in terms of outcomes, these operations all give patients good weight loss, again, recognizing that it's part of the lifestyle change and exercise routines and eating healthy, uh, and that they all have shown in the various studies to contribute towards good weight loss and good resolution of comorbidities. But in terms of their percentiles, the bypass offers approximately 80 to 85% of the patient's excess weight loss. So if they're 100 over their ideal weight, they can expect to lose 80 to 85 pounds. Wow. The, the sleeve gastrectomy patients typically will expect to lose 75% to 80%, especially the younger patients, metabolically a little more aggressive. They may even lose 80 to 90 percentile. And the lap band patients, typically 50 to 55 percentile are of their excess weight. So they certainly are effective, uh, but uh, there are potential risks and hazards with all surgery, although... Uh, these are very, very low because these patients are very heavily worked up prior to surgery, and these operations are now so standardized that the outcomes are typically very good. In just the last few minutes, Doctor, what should people who are considering bariatric surgery think about when seeking care? Well, I would uh, like them to study the subject, and there is so much available on the Internet, but I also want them to go to reputable sites, uh, the Mer- American Society of Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery has a lot of good literature. Uh, they should certainly talk with their family about their decision uh, because uh, it will impact them first and foremost. So they have to be ready mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and socially. So the family, I think, is an important integral part. And they should speak to their primary care. Now, uh, sometimes physicians, primary care may not be big advocates, and in 2016, majority of the primary cares are now aware of the good outcomes, but still, uh, patients should have a conversation with their primary. But if the primary care is not certain about it or doesn't know much about it, that shouldn't preclude the patient seeking a recommendation or an advice from a bariatric surgeon. I think it's important for them to go out there, talk to a surgeon, and find out about the program find out about the support system, find out about their outcomes. And then, of course, if they're interested, to go ahead and uh, uh, have a formal visit again with the surgeon for a second time and then make their decision to proceed. And why should they come to Palmdale Regional Medical Center for their care? Well, Palmdale uh, has been uh, now uh, conducting this operation for the last 11 years. It's been approved as a center of excellence. It has been awarded five stars uh, by various uh, uh, grading uh, authorities in the U.S., and it's been recognized as the top 10% uh, in the country as a bariatric surgical program. So we have had an outstanding track record. It's a stellar program, and the reason is that it's a very hands-on. It's a very much of a team approach. It's a multidisciplinary uh, everybody who's engaged with the bariatric patients has been fully trained and has really invested a lot uh, and are very compassionate, loving uh, group of staff that care truly about their patients. And that is really what you want when you're a patient going for this. Uh, it does need somebody at the other side to be there for you 24-7. And we pride ourselves in really giving that support 
and giving them the best care. And the outcomes that we've had really show that. And the patients have had very good uh, satisfaction from the program. And so uh, we really get most of our uh, patient population through referral and word of mouth. And uh, we have our door open. Uh, we always encourage patients to call if they have questions. We really don't want them to be out there pondering about things and not certain. So that support, I think, is what makes us uh, very different to some of the other programs. And the hospital is a new facility, uh, and patients have a wonderful experience. So we look forward to being available for them if they choose us. Thank you so much. It's great information and so important. You're listening to Palmdale Regional Radio. For more information, you can go to palmdaleregional.com. That's palmdaleregional.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Palmdale Regional Medical Center. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. Individual results may vary. There are risks associated with any surgical procedure. Talk with your doctor about these risks to find out if bariatric surgery is right for you. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.